Hello, welcome to the Apricity Podcast. My name is Sion Camille. I am your host. If you're new here, welcome. Apricity means the warmth of the sun in the winter. That is what I hope this podcast does for you. I hope it brings you some warmth, some hope, maybe in a heavier time. Today's episode is a little bit different. I interviewed my friend Jazz, who has created a beautiful life for herself through conscious, authentic social media presence. On this podcast, I speak a lot about creating the life you desire and how you are the creator of your reality. And I think Jazz is someone who has used social media as a tool to truly create a new reality for herself. In this episode, we talk about how she has come to not care about what people think, how to create viral TikTok videos, how to get paid partnerships, how to navigate partnerships. There's a lot of really helpful information in this episode on how to grow a social media following. And we are led through how to do that by my lovely guest, Jazz. She has simultaneously been able to balance going to Berkeley full-time while building a social media following of over 450,000 people on TikTok, over 85,000 on YouTube, and over 60,000 on Instagram. She has a huge passion for anything that involves cooking, healthy food, and living a balanced lifestyle. Her main focus is posting weekly vlogs on YouTube that show her workouts, everything she eats, and basically just her life. Her channel is such a warm, healing space, and she is just such a light. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, Jazz Tyler. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I have a fun weekend ahead. I'm going to have lots of like self-care, so it's going to be a good day, a good week. Tell us about yourself. I currently go to UC Berkeley, but I was born in California, moved to Mexico when I was six. So I, when people ask me, like, where am I from? I'm Latina. My parents are South American. I don't have like any like Mexican blood in me, but Mexico is my home. So that's kind of a little bit about me. I grew up surfing. I love reading and cooking. I love all like the simple pleasures. Sian and I, wait, are we both earth signs? I always forget yeah, we are, right? We are both earth signs. Yeah, we've talked a lot about that. So we both enjoy like the simple pleasures in life, cooking. I did some research about astrology. I'd never really known about it. But then I started seeing like, especially like Tauruses, like how they love to just be luxurious. They, they had a lot to say about just like the simple earthly pleasures, which food, cooking, being with your family. I'm like, wow. I never like gave a lot of thought to astrology, but I'm definitely a Taurus, like a hundred percent a Taurus. Yeah, which I love. Headstrong too. I yeah. definitely tick all the boxes. I think it's crazy. So I'll see if I can find like info about my big three, but I have no idea when I was born. So we'll and you were three. you were telling me last night that you were a home birth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my parents are like very granola, like crunchy granola, like hippies. So like my brother and I, we were born in the same bed, obviously like three years apart. But my mom, she didn't take any like pain meds. Like we were just fully natural we were born at my grandma's house so like yeah <laughs> I feel like that's what people think of when they think of you is natural I think you kind of remind me of almost like a Disney princess oh my god like a beach Disney princess <laughs> <laughs> like you have this like long hair and you're always oh. surfing and 
at the beach, making really beautiful meals for your family. Yeah. It's all about the simple pleasures, you know? I saw this really cool TikTok today that was talking about why we're always chasing like the highs and joy in life. And really, joy is, what's that drug for your brain? What's it called? Your oh, how, dope, like, like, dopamine. dopamine. They're yeah. saying how like when you're always looking for joy and excitement, that's you're always chasing like a dopamine high, but instead you're supposed to feel joy in the peace and in the simple moments. And I feel like that's something I try to embody. Like, yeah, it's great to be excited, but also finding peace when there's no excitement, when it's just you enjoying something you love, something simple like the sun streaming on your face, you know? I feel like that's something we can all take into account. TikTok, it always gives you some really good pieces of information and yeah. <laughs> wisdom. Yeah, social media is so funny mm-hmm. because it's there really is so many... And I think I've said this in maybe a couple episodes, but I have such a mixed relationship mm-hmm. with social media because there is so many cool sides to it. Yeah. And I'm sure you're someone who really feels that because you've been able to make a career out of it, mm-hmm. which is like what we're going to talk about yeah. today. But you are not the typical influencer. Mm-hmm. You're not the typical when people picture someone who does social media and someone who's an influencer. I don't think they picture you mm-hmm. or you for or that me. <laughs> we want to be really authentic on mm-hmm. social media and share things in a way that is true to us and not how we think other people want want us to share or want us to speak about things so I would love to kind of just talk about how you go on social media and what made you want to start doing it well I feel like For that, we have to have a little bit of background about me. I already talked about how I grew up in Mexico, surfing is my life, being with my family specifically. 2018 is when I started college at UC Berkeley, and it was a really tough year because I am so close with my family, so being in a new place, even though I was born in California, Mexico is my home, like I grew up there, and being back in California where honestly, I know it's not cold in California, but for me it is. I was born in Cabo, I'm used to like hot deserts, so being in the cold in Berkeley, Being in like the city, my mental health was not great. I think it was around like 2019 when I decided like, hey, I'm just gonna start posting my passions, which in that moment was food and exercise. And it was passion, like (laughs) I had a not so healthy relationship with food and exercise in that time just because of where my headspace was. Like I'm a very extreme person. Once I decide to do something, I'm gonna go straight in. And when it comes to health and wellness, extremism is not the answer. Like that's why my social media nowadays, because I feel like you guys have been with me, if you follow me, you've been with me throughout my entire journey. So now I'm all about balance. But when I first started social media, I did so because the gym and food were my life. And I wanted an outlet to express something, you know, because like I said, in college, I didn't really have anything going for me other than like going to class every day and going to the gym. So I was like, well, might as well just start posting my workouts. It wasn't really food based at first. It was just like, oh, I'm going to do like this super heavy weightlifting thing. And you guys know me nowadays, I'm more about like Pilates and walking and stretching and stuff because I've learned that my body needs balance. And we'll get into like more of that. But that's how I started just because I needed a creative outlet. I remember I think you were like, Jazz Tyler Fitness. Jazz and Tyler Fitness. Yeah, I I wasn't even the jazz. I remember you did like workouts, and Mm -hmm. I I remember I like looked at one and I was like, that looks really hard. Like, 
I could not do that. Yeah, and honestly, I could not do those either because keep in mind, like, I was orthorexic back then, so, like, I retained a lot of the content that I used to post just because it's cool to see how far I've come, but I did get rid of some of the more triggering posts, but if you scroll back, like, you'll see those workouts are really challenging. What I was doing was really punishing my body. The workouts I was doing, it wasn't to feel good, it was solely to get a six-pack and abs, so I honestly feel really bad because the person I was when I started social media is definitely someone who was giving the wrong advice because I was basically advocating for a lifestyle where you restricted food, where you wanted to work out six days or seven days a week, and where I was kind of showcasing how disciplined I was in a way that was unhealthy. Like I remember so vividly, there was this like one story I have where I'm showing myself on like, it was Saturday night, it was like 6 p.m. So it was, it was getting dark, it was pretty dark and it had been raining so hard in Berkeley. It was freezing, windy. And I posted a story of me trudging to the gym, my local gym, walking there at night in the wind. This is what the caption said. I'm so freezing and it's windy and all I wanna do is be in bed and eat cookies, but you know what, I'm going to the gym. That's what I said, and I was proud of it. And I posted that on my story, and I was like, wow, like, look at me go. Like, I'm gonna get my workout in. And nowadays, I'd be like, oh my god, like, if I posted that, like, what message am I trying to send to people? So right. that was, like, the, the first year of social media for me. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because we met in that time. Yeah. And I was not in a good place with my relationship with food, with my relationship with my body either. And now we've both kind of come out on the other side, mm-hmm. which is crazy crazy we both started in this place that we thought health and fitness had to look a certain way I was very similar to you I was very restrictive had kind of gone on the far side of extremes with only eating quote-unquote clean foods and that was what I saw on social media that was what I saw everyone else preaching so I thought that was what health was and that was the health world when we both entered it was was, very And now it's so cool because it's been three years, three years, Mm -hmm. and it's transformed. Now there's like the intuitive eating movement and the just being more gentle with your body. I think it's cool that we both have kind of grown in the same direction separately. Mm -hmm. Totally separated because I mean like obviously like quarantine and stuff, but we were both like headed in the same direction. And I remember I... I guess I didn't see you until we did like a fun trip to like LA like was it last year or two I, I think even, it was last year was that last so it was last year when I saw Sian and I remember the first time I saw her I was like oh my god it's been so long and I remember like I think I took you aside and I like apologized I was like hey I'm sorry because like I don't know if I was like triggering because I don't remember the person I was back then you know right but that version of me was someone who would always be in your face about my fitness journey Spoiler alert, if your goals involve looking a certain way, you're never going to be happy. That's Mm -hmm. like something I had to learn the hard way. I got a really interesting comment the other day, like on Instagram. Um, Well, not a comment. It was actually a DM. And they asked, hey, so what do you think about intentional weight loss? And my answer was, I think it's fine. Like you are allowed to have fitness goals. However, if your fitness goal surrounds only having physical changes that is not sustainable and that is not healthy and you're never going to be satisfied like it's fine to want to lose weight like i don't know what your situation in life is don't make weight loss your main goal make it to feel amazing make it to feel energized and good and i feel like that's just really important and that just kind of shows like where what i'm trying to preach nowadays on my social media i always talk about lack mentality versus abundance mentality Mm -hmm. And so when you're looking at what you don't have, maybe you don't have the body that you want and you're like, oh, I don't have this body. I'm upset that I can't do this and I can't do that. And I don't fit in these jeans. That's lack. All you're focusing on is the negative things. And when you focus on the negative, 
the negative grows stronger. But then if you focus on the positive, which is like, I want to get healthier, I want to get stronger, and I want to be clear, like, it's okay to want to lose weight. Just are you doing this from a place of being kind to yourself, being compassionate with yourself, or are you coming from a place of anger and dislike? Self-hatred, and too. Self-hatred, mm-hmm. yeah. So you went home for quarantine. Mm-hmm. And you were doing social media still, but I feel like you really bloomed on social media. Your presence grew rapidly. How quickly did you grow? How did that start? You got on TikTok, I feel like, before anyone else did. Mm -hmm. I was home in, like, spring of 2020. Like, I think I got home, like, around, like, March. And instantly I was on TikTok because I saw a lot of people blowing up, but they weren't necessarily doing like health and fitness. I didn't see anyone doing food on TikTok. And at first it was basically just like my healthy, my healthy cookies, you know, like things that I still do now, but I was just kind of like really testing out the waters and TikTok's really allowed me to grow quickly because I had had my Instagram for almost a year. I had been there on there for a while and I was posting daily. I was so dedicated. Keep in mind, like during this time, I was also healing from my ED and I was trying to gain weight to get my period back. So all of this was like, I was on social media as I was healing. I've just shown my entire journey there. So TikTok is a platform designated for people to blow up very rapidly. Mm -hmm. And that's what actually allowed me to funnel users to my Instagram and later on to YouTube. So I actually started TikTok spring, started seeing growth on my Instagram, and then all my followers were like, hey, we want you to do YouTube. And I was like, oh, you know, like, but then finally in the summer, I started YouTube and YouTube is actually the best decision I ever could have made. TikTok is fast. I've had videos that gain like 80,000 followers within a couple days. Like, and that's, those are insane numbers. Like 80,000 individual people. That's crazy. Like hit follow from that video. Yeah, that hit follow from a singular video. And again, like, I feel like I'll talk about this in a bit, but TikTok has ebbs and flows. So you might gain 100,000 followers overnight. And then you might go through like a period of three months where you start losing followers Mm -hmm. because like those people that followed you, like they'll be like, oh, you know, so that's what I'm currently going through now. Like the ebbs and flows of TikTok. So TikTok is great if you want to grow. However, don't put all your eggs in one basket. TikTok is relatively new. Instagram and YouTube, they're like more consistent and constant. So when Mm -hmm. I started YouTube, the growth was very slow. I think I was averaging like two to 5,000 views per YouTube video. And Mm -hmm. then it wasn't until like November when I'd been consistent. Consistency is key for anything really, but especially for YouTube and Instagram, which are like the older, more like seasoned social platforms that most people want to get on because TikTok, it's like a new frontier. You don't know the potential of TikTok. Instagram and YouTube, it's like, okay, if you have a big following on there, you, you can do this for a living. So that's why I was like, okay, I love TikTok. I'm going to keep using it to funnel followers to my Instagram and my YouTube. But I really want to focus on something that has like longevity, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's when I finally started seeing in like late, I would say like October to December of 2020, after I'd been on on YouTube for like six months, that's when I finally started to see like, okay, each video was getting 10 to 20,000 views, which was pretty cool. And that's when I started to see like sponsors, and I'm sure we'll talk about them in a bit, but that's kind of like the first year of like when I truly start to see like growth and be like, okay, maybe I can do this for a living because before it always been my passion and it still is my passion. That's what's really cool about it. Mm -hmm. When you started on TikTok, how did you, I think it was kind of obvious for you what your niche is. This is probably public knowledge is you want to have a niche 
you want to have something that you know a lot about or you're specifically great at or you're just passionate about it. I think you were really good at narrowing down what your niche was from the start. You know to almost take trends and then like keep them in your niche, which I think is really interesting. How did you figure out how to do that? What do you recommend people do? I, like I said, I'm extremes. If I get obsessed with something, I'm going to be like, how can I be the best at whatever area this is? So I would binge watch YouTube videos. There was like a couple people on TikTok that were all about like how to grow quick on TikTok or YouTube. So I would just like watch hours and hours of this content. I'd read articles just about how the algorithm worked because at the end of the day, if you understand the algorithm, you're going to be able to blow up relatively quickly. So for TikTok, I was going to need to first of all niche down and it was pretty easy for me because food, fitness, wellness, all of that is just like my passion. I knew that if I could use trends like a trending audio and just use that to tell people, hey, I post healthy recipes, this is what I do, it would allow me to get more people to see my content. Niching down on like Instagram or YouTube, it's not as necessary anymore. For TikTok, I usually just post like food and stuff because that I know that is what works for my page and I've tested it out over years. But you don't necessarily have to niche down anymore as much because what I remember one creator saying is your niche is you. So yeah, it's great if you like want to target people and be like, here's my outfit of the day, here's my recipe, here's my workout, that's fine. But at the end of the day, you're going to get a really dedicated audience that's authentic, you know, and enjoyable if you just show who you are. So you could even choose like two or three niches. It can be like humorous food videos that include ASMR. Like you can do that, you know. I think what's important is staying true to yourself, being authentic, but also being like, hey, like it is smart to choose a niche because then you'll know who to target. Mm -hmm. But going back to like niches in other platforms on Instagram, honestly, like it's mostly like lifestyle. Like that's what I love because it shows like I can talk about like my favorite book. I can talk about food and stuff because at the end of the day, you want to create a relationship with your audience and being authentic and just showing your life, honestly, like that's, it allows you to have longevity in what you post. So it never feels like a chore because if you niche down, you can quickly use up every single possible thing within that niche. Like it can get boring to just post recipes and recipes and recipes. But if you're like, hey, like I'm going to take a week and just like show my travel or like show this cool book or newspaper article. Who reads newspaper articles? Uh, Maybe I should, but... (laughs) Personally, for me on social media, one of my biggest challenges is that I'm very private. So doing social media and being a private person can be difficult. And knowing, like, what to keep private, what to share. I've talked about this with a lot of my friends. It's a hard balance to find. The other day I shared that I failed an exam on my story, And I got so many responses. But if I just post a picture of, like, a beautiful cookie, Mm -hmm. it's just a cookie. What's personal about a cookie? You want to create an emotional link. And I know that sounds kind of, like, calculating to do so. But, like, in a way, if you just post things that look so perfect and there's no depth to them, Mm -hmm. that's not interesting for you to post or for your audience. You know, there's, there's benefit to sharing deeper things about your life with your audience. But... The question is where to draw the line. Like, I find it enjoyable to literally just post, like, hey, guys, I'm reading this new book. Like, have you started it yet? Or to be like, oh, I'm so tired. Give me advice on where I should eat tonight. Things like that that allow, you know, your audience to just, like, feel like... It's like a friendship. Yeah, it's a friendship at the end of the day. It is a friendship. And it should be authentic. That's, like, the most important thing. Like, don't don't be vulnerable because you think it's going to get you more likes. Like, that's, like, where the fine line is drawn. And that's why, honestly, 
that's why when it comes to sharing my personal life on social media, I try to err on the side of being a little bit more conservative. Like, I'll show what goes on in my daily life, but I'm not going to be on social media 24-7. Because, again, like, that isn't really good because I don't yeah. want to be pouring my entire life and soul and, like, leave nothing for myself if exactly. I just, like, spend all of my energy on social media. But, like, let's say for YouTube, what I love doing is weekly vlogs. So I'll show things that happen in my life. Of course, like, I'm not going to show everything. And I've always joked around, like, when people say, like, okay, like, what do you see yourself doing in a kind of 20 years? I'm like, I want to keep doing social media because I think it's the future. I think it's amazing and anyone can grow nowadays. That's why I think it's so cool to talk about this. Your passion can be your job. There's, like, negatives and positives to every situation, but I think it's really great if you can turn your passion into your job and use social media as a way to, like, attract an audience that would love to see what you do. What I always joke about is like, okay, I'm gonna be a YouTuber until I start a family because I refuse to be a mommy blogger. <laughs> I, because there are so many incidences where people talk about how damaging it is for young kids to be thrust into an audience that like, first of all, they didn't ask to be videotaped, you know? Yeah. And I think it's so damaging to always be performing because you don't know what's real and what's fake, especially if you're a toddler. So I've always joked like, uh, okay, like I don't want to like hate on anyone that has a family vlog, but to be honest, like I see myself stopping being as like on social media when I start a family because that's a line where I do draw. Like I'm not going to thrust like my loved ones into social media me saying this is like I beg my brother to like give me content for my vlog but that's I, different he's I 18 <laughs> that's what's so funny too though about like I think your presence online to me what really draws me to your YouTube videos is being a part of your family mm-hmm. like I live vicariously like mm-hmm. through your family but I think you're really good about knowing not to exploit anyone for me personally that that's my line. I draw on social media. I don't talk about my personal relationships. And I think that actually really helps me have a good relationship to social media because I feel like I can be really personal, but I'm sharing the things I want to share. Mm-hmm. And I think you're really good at that too. You share what you want to share. Mm-hmm. The main negative thing, and I feel like it's people just keep talking about this, but I'm going to say it again. You can ditch your nine to five but you're going to make it a 24/7. So yeah, you won't be working in an office, but if life becomes your full if life becomes your full-time job, if social media becomes your full-time job, you're always going to be thinking about how to create content from your life. And that could be exciting. Like what I love about my YouTube video, like I'm going to maybe I'll do like a negative and a positive. A positive to this is that YouTube pushes me to do things I regularly like wouldn't do, you know? So that's great cuz I can go out and be step out of my comfort zone and create content from things I normally wouldn't do. However, there's a downside. If I have nothing to do all day and I just want to relax, I still feel that pressure to create content. Even on like on, on a Sunday when most people would be like, okay, like my nine to five is done. I'm just going to like go to brunch with friends. I'm going to brunch with friends. Okay. I need like 10 angles yeah. of this brunch shot and I need to like do a TikTok vlog with a cute little montage, you know, things like that. I would say that that's a negative and a positive. You can take it as you will. And this is more relevant when you first start social media is how terrifying it is to put yourself out there because for me personally, I come from a tiny town in Cabo and everyone knows everyone. I wouldn't call myself shy, but I'm very introverted. In school, I was very quiet. I got good grades. I just wanted to get into UC Berkeley and I did. Self-congratulatory there, but like that was my my goal. So people didn't really know me other than like my really close circle of friends. I remember being so terrified to start posting on social media in college and I was still thinking about my high school friends, you know, or just like the people I knew in high school. Like I've literally been away from them for years and I'm still thinking about 
those people that know me that I grew up with that might judge me and I think it can be really scary to like put yourself out there because at the end of the day social media you're gonna be vulnerable you're gonna be first of all you're gonna be like on video and like hearing your voice like I I've learned to appreciate my voice but at first like when you hear like recordings of yourself you're like oh my god like that's so embarrassing so having the courage to put yourself out there but again let's turn this into a positive if you're vulnerable and of course you know where to draw the line and that vulnerability so you don't bare your soul to the world but you can if you're that brave you know but it's really cool to just put yourself out there and work for your goals because at the end of the day social media can allow you to build a business you know that's really important people who are doing enough who feel like they're doing enough will not judge you yeah they will not care I was so surprised that so many people that I wasn't like truly like super good friends with but that I grew up with and they're like they messaged me what like I would say like within a couple months of me starting to post on social media and be like wow like I know that you love cooking but like I didn't know that you lived this life and I'm really proud because they always saw me as like a shy girl and I just want to say that was really cool because you will be surprised by how accepting people are and again if they're not and like fuck them. like it not, doesn't yeah, it doesn't matter it. when you open yourself up to and you're like vulnerable you would be surprised at how many people are really supporting of you vulnerability in general can be a superpower in mm-hmm. a lot of ways and it, it does like doing social media and putting myself out there like on the internet has there have been negatives to it but all it does is open new doors and no matter what you want to do for social media if you don't want to do wellness and you just want to learn how to grow your business, it will open new doors for mm-hmm. you because no matter what, even if your video is only getting 200 views, you might have one that's person. That's still 200 people. Yeah, it's 200 that's still people. Crazy. You're exposing yourself to people no matter what. And so it's only giving you more opportunity for growth. And I do think there's a level of like not having an ego that comes with it where you just have to be like, if this video flops, it flops. Mm-hmm. And you are going to have so many videos flop. Oh, oh yeah. You're you're still going to have videos flop, even if you've been doing it for years. Take it from me. <laughs> Imagine this. If you want to start a business and you're just at a shopping mall, you have your little your little stall and you're showing what you what your product is, whatever it is. And what, like a hundred people might walk by, but how are you going to reach every single person and tell them your whole spiel about your mission, your vision? when you could just post a video and have 200 people see it and yeah like the video might flop but that's still 200 people that are getting like a condensed and really aesthetic version of like what you're trying to sell or what you're trying to promote because it can be a message too you know like it's not always about selling it's just about sharing a message whatever that is I want to go off of that a little bit how you recommend people grow Mm -hmm. like how how do people start getting views like let's give like some quick tips like if you want to start your social media platform today here's what you should do first of all Start a TikTok. TikTok is the best way to grow quickly. Start niching down. Choose two to three hashtags that are popular in your niche. For me, I would put hashtag easy recipe, hashtag healthy, and hashtag vegan if the recipe is vegan, or hashtag pasta if it's a pasta recipe, like whatever that is. So those are like an example of like a couple hashtags that relate to my niche. I'm going to pair whatever video that is with a sound and audio that's really popular arguably like it'd be preferable for it to be like less than 20 seconds and then you're just gonna make it as aesthetic as possible if it's fashion put hashtag ootd like whatever it is or you don't even have to put hashtags just use the trending audio Mm -hmm. but make it shape it around your niche text is really powerful too text too having a text that 
is too long for you to read within like one audio that loops. That's like something that's going around TikTok a lot. Do a long paragraph or make it readable. Make it long and then people are going to keep watching your video. So that's something that's really important for TikTok. Watch time. If people watch your video more than once, that's instantly going to boost in the algorithm. You want that. For TikTok, the most important thing is watch time followed by comments, likes, shares, anything that creates like engagement. Engagement is really key. And of course, having a call to actions. Is that call to action having people buy something you're selling, having people follow you? Each video, you want people to know what to do, whether it's just like, hey, comment your favorite fruit or hey, check out my page for more of this content, whether it's lifestyle, vlogs, recipes, fashion, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Start your TikTok today meet with some creators i think that's like one of the most positive things Collaboration. collaborations or really talking to people because i've met some of my greatest friends because i just put myself out there on social media and i was like wow there's people that have the exact same interests as me and that's so cool collaborating just like spending time together that's really cool so okay you've got tiktok at least post once a day because consistency is everything. I'm taking notes right now. Yeah. So I post like <laughs> once every like three weeks. <laughs> no, it's hard, but you just got to do it and don't be per perfectionist. I would say check out Victoria Paris on TikTok. She is a great example of someone that, first of all, she doesn't really niche down. Her niche is her personality. It's whatever she does. So she would be considered like lifestyle, pretty humorous, but just like lifestyle. And she posts so freaking frequently. Like I think at one point, I've seen her post like at least 20 times a day. Maybe nowadays she'll post like three to 10 times a day, depending on the day. The content she puts out, like it's very like, wow, like she posts a lot very frequently and TikTok rewards frequency, consistency. Right. So just keep going, see what creators in your niche are doing. Okay, you have the people who are teaching you how to grow on social media, but then also what style of video do you want to do? Who inspires you artistically? Like, what has helped me as someone who kind of accidentally grew? I stylistically would look at people who really inspire me and I'd be like, wow, they shoot this a certain way that is really interesting. I, if you're someone who wants to make more like visual artistic videos, one, I will say it takes a lot of time. I spend so much time on editing and stuff like that. So you can get mm -hmm. little bits of inspiration from, from people. different creators too mm -hmm. and create your own brand, I guess, from seeing who inspires you and also being true to yourself. If you have like a video style that you love, like being humorous, like I think that's something like Victoria Paris does well. Like she's very, she's very personable. So is It's Me Tanks. I'm obsessed with her. I think she's another example of someone that posts frequently, or at least she used to. I don't know how often she posts now, but she just shows what goes on during her day. I would say once you have your TikTok going, so... You've been consistent. Don't be afraid if like your videos don't do well at first. You will go viral at some point because TikTok is designed to go viral. Just don't be discouraged. Post two to three times a day, and soon enough, you're gonna you're gonna get traction. Keep posting on your other platforms. Instagram, I would say, is the most important one because at the end of the day, it's the most consistent one. TikTok, there's a lot of issues with like bans, like shadow banning. Like I, I don't think it's personally happened to me. I honestly, I was getting lucky and I was like posting, I think I posted in a bikini a couple times when I first started. I think I took them down though. But yeah, you just got to be careful about TikTok. And again, that's why TikTok is great for like growing. However, funneling things to other stable accounts, right. platforms is really important. So do you think it's important to be creating on every platform? I would say choose two or three. Like, I think for you, like, I think you're starting YouTube kind of, but for you, your focus is like Instagram, TikTok, and your podcast. And I think that's really great because you can't spread yourself too thin. So if you right. focus on two or three that you can go all in, because again, consistency is key, that's important. Like for me, 
it's TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And I've given thought to like expanding to like other platforms, but to be honest, it would just drain me. And I know that like if I can commit myself to a couple platforms, I can see the most growth, you know? So I would say now that like, let's say you've been posting two to three times a day on TikTok, you're starting to see growth, you're funneling people by call to action with being like, check out my Instagram, check out my YouTube, check out my podcast, like whatever it is. Now you're going to start to see more growth. For Instagram and YouTube, what's really important are the reels and the shorts because obviously these platforms, they want to compete with TikTok and they know that quick videos that are audio based, based on trending songs, those are doing really well because our generation, we have really short attention spans. So if you can commit to posting two to three Instagram reels per week, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty good number. I've been trying to up those numbers, but two to three is a good place to start interspersing a couple like solid pictures but instagram shorts are where it's at similarly with youtube i'm sorry instagram reels and similarly with youtube shorts youtube is really pushing that because again they want to compete with tiktok so if you are daunted by the idea of posting every single week on youtube first of all you have to because honestly you have to post at least once a week on youtube but posting shorts interspersed with that will really help you reach a new audience. It's surprising how well my YouTube shorts do by just like having a fraction of the work necessary to edit them. Cause I mean, imagine this, like a YouTube video, it takes at least 10 hours to edit. Right. 10 it's, well, it's all about the, the short form content, mm-hmm. which it, I think can be really difficult because like for me personally, I'm a long form content girl. I, love the podcast because it's long form content and I can say everything I want to say and but the truth about growing is it it's about that short form content yeah and it's hard to like condense like for me what's the hardest part like if I have an amazing day or an amazing day of meals I want to get like 10 angles of each scene because I want to like capture it I want to encapsulate the feeling of that meal but you can't really do that in short form content. You, you gotta let things go. Like that's a part of it. So you don't always have to be perfect when it comes to short form content. You just gotta put yourself out there, be consistent. I would say those are the main ways for Instagram and YouTube. YouTube doesn't really use hashtags, but they do have tags. What I'd like to do is go on YouTube tag generators and I'll see what popular content creators in my same niche are doing. And I'll like use those tags, hashtag what I eat in a day, hashtag recipe. For Instagram, again, likewise see what your other content creators that are in your niche are doing. And that's the best way to find inspiration at the end of the day. Using hashtags, don't overload them, but you know, have a call to action, like check out my page for more, whatever it is you you produce. I love that. And then when it comes to Instagram stories, getting more engagement mm-hmm. on your stories, I think that having a good Instagram feed, all of that, like obviously go out, shoot pictures that are pretty, for me personally, I feel like I saw the most growth when I stopped being so perfect about everything I post on Instagram. And you're probably posting more frequently when you're less perfectionist, right? You, you post so much more. And I think that's probably my biggest challenge. Everything has to be a certain way or else mm-hmm. I just won't do it at all. Yeah. It's like a black and white thinking thing and I'm trying to get over that. But I feel like on Instagram, just even like photo dumps where you're like taking a bunch of pictures of different things. I posted a picture the other day of my coffee that had heart-shaped ice cubes in it. You would think, why would anyone care about this? I need to go take photos of me where I look really good and I'm all done up. And the truth is, I think social media is shifting from that highlight reel to real life where people are like, I just want to see real stuff because Instagram used to be this platform where people were posting look at my drink on the beach and I'm 
I look perfect in this, like, you know, like, but it won't go virals. I'm drinking a drink on the beach and oh no, I spilled it on myself or a bee attacked me. Like that's what people want to see the real life, all the nitty gritty stuff that they can relate to at the end of the day. Yeah. That's important. I think moving towards that being less of a highlight reel is actually for me personally, what made me grow. I think you and I both come from the standpoint that most people will come from where we aren't doing social media full time. We are doing, we're also, well, I guess we are, but we're also balancing it with other we're things. We're students, yeah. We're students. And I think your ability to balance is insane. <laughs> I actually am so fascinated by it. So I'd love to hear what is your schedule like? Mm-hmm. There's an editing process and there's a filming process and there is, when it comes down to it, content creation isn't by accident. You have to plan things. So yeah. I'd love to hear like how you do that. Okay, so I would say, I guess I can do like a little week in my life sort of thing, but you can have good grades, a good social life, and enough sleep, but you you can only choose two, you know? Yeah. So like, you can have a good social life and good sleep, but your grades are going to go down, or you can have good grades and a social life, but you're not going to be able to sleep. I feel like being, like, choosing, for me, keep in mind, and I feel like this is true for a lot of content creators, or at least YouTubers, how they're always like, the really like shy people, or like the creative ones that are a little bit quieter. So for me, I don't see it as a bad thing to not have as much time for like a social life because I'm a grandma. I will be in bed by 9.30 p.m., wake up at 7 and do my little routines because again, like I love my routines and that's how it works for me. So I don't really go out, you know, I feel like it would definitely be difficult if I had like every single day like something social to do. So most of the time I'm just like on the grind, doing my thing, working. So, you know, be prepared for that. Social media, like think of it, if you're going to be editing for 10 hours, like spread over a week or for me like the night before because I'm a procrastinator um <laughs> it's a lot of like alone times so you got to be prepared for that like it's going to be moments of high activity and filming and being like Ooh, let's get this done and then you're going to be alone for a lot of the time just editing mm-hmm. you know and making sure things look good so I post on YouTube every Sunday so that means Friday and Saturday I'm a total hermit and I kind of love that because it's kind of like an excuse to not go out and just like have my fun like little night to myself because that's that's what makes me happy you know I've never been someone that enjoys going out or if I do it's very rare so I'll usually edit Friday Saturday wait no I should probably start so I post on Sunday so Monday's kind of like a fresh start for me because I have to see what I'm going to post on YouTube so usually if it's a weekly vlog I'll just like vlog for like probably like an hour a day like interspersed throughout the day and usually it'll be like a lot of food which is my niche you know because I love cooking and just showing my life through food which also allows me to have a little bit more privacy in a way, which I love. And then Monday through Friday, I'll usually just like film something. And of course I'm filming YouTube, but I'm also always getting like different angles because, oh, if I'm gonna film a recipe, I have to get it for Instagram and TikTok too. Juggling that, I I wanna share everything on every platform, but I kinda gotta be choosy and be like, okay, like I can't show the same recipe on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, you know? Or if it was like an outfit of the day or a vlog, like you can't like be so repetitive because that'll get boring too. So being like, choosy about that you you just learn as you go you know like it's different for everyone so I would say I would try to post on Instagram like two to three times a week I've actually been bumping it up to like four or five now because I've just been more active and I've, and usually for TikTok and Instagram I'll post like pretty much the same thing because that's just what I do if I post like a recipe on TikTok the next day I'll post it on Instagram or vice versa I'll just like film every day for YouTube yeah like that's kind of my life and it's cool because yeah. like I mentioned it pushes me to like do things I normally wouldn't do like oh I don't have anything planned today I'm gonna do a self-care day or I'm gonna take myself out on a date in the city 
and I'll film it because that kind of validates what I'm trying to do in, mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way. But it also makes me be like, wow, like I'd never do this if it weren't for social media. That's the, the truth about, I think, being someone who's, who does social media consistently. You have to be able to, I think, know that you're going to put a lot of time into editing just as much as you are filming. Mm-hmm. Because If not more so. Like one hour so. of footage would take me like, honestly, like five to ten hours to condense and make it look good at my captions, my music, right. voiceovers, whatever. Right. Okay. So if someone's like, let's say someone is brand new to social media, mm-hmm. what advice would you give them for, obviously they start on TikTok, mm-hmm. post at least once a day. Mm-hmm. And then let's say maybe you have a little bit of a following on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Let's say someone is wanting to start making money from it Mm -hmm. and they want to figure out how to do that. What would you recommend? I would say, first of all, you got to put yourself out there. I like to have a little template of like an email that I will send to brands and I'll like introduce myself. I'll be like, hi, my name is Jasmine Tyler. I'm a content creator and I kind of talk about what I do. It could be wellness, fitness. And then I'll just be like, hey, this is why I think I'm a great fit to collaborate with your brand. And this template allows me to like, I always change up the template depending on what brand I'm pitching to. And then I'll just like sign off and be like, hey, like here's, I have like a little PDF that shows, that has links to different like pieces of content I can create. And as well as like past partnerships I've done. And like, this is what I could create for your brand. I show my rates and I'm like, I'd love to be taken into consideration. And most of the time I would say like, 60 to 70% of the time, I don't even receive a response. That's why, like, it's important to, like, do, like, frequent, frequent pitches. And I should be better about this. I should do it more frequently. And if you get a response, you might have to negotiate a bit with a brand. Sometimes you're just going to get gifted one of their products, which is mm-hmm. still cool. And you just have to post about it. But ideally, if you want this to be your job or at least, like, a part-time job, you want to receive some monetary compensation. Because at the end of the day, it's your time that you're putting into it, right. advertising someone else's product. So right. it would be nice to receive like some monetary compensation. Obviously, having long-term partnerships is much better because it feels mm-hmm. more authentic, you know, because you're showing how you genuinely use the product across weeks or months at a time. And I feel like that converts really well to sales, like speaking honestly, because if people see you like week after week, one, month after month, it's just going to be more authentic, you know? And I feel like it's really great to choose products that you enjoy. I'm never going to endorse something that I don't believe in. And that's important. Rates, that will depend on each person. You know, I would just like try to Google like what the industry standard is because it depends per platform, per like your engagement rate. Like so many things go into that. It is like gambling. Social media, it is like gambling. Mm -hmm. And you just get really lucky sometimes. The more you put yourself out there, the higher chance you have of people noticing you and seeing your stuff and growing. At the end of the day, You want to find a balance between posting things you enjoy, but also things your audience wants to see. Because why would you post something that they don't want to see? And this Mm -hmm. is something that I recently have been not struggling with, but thinking about. Because I do like a lot of clickbaity titles on YouTube. And I'll be like, this is what I eat in a week to be skinny. You know, and it's obvious. Anyone that watches my content, they'll know that I'm the opposite of that. But I try to use those clickbait titles to call in an audience that might want to be skinny. And then they'll see my video and be like, oh, wait, like... I wish I'd personally had a bit, someone that clickbaited me back then and then been like forced to watch a video that actually preaches balance and intuitive eating. So I'm kind of trying to find a balance between not doing as much clickbait because it's it's annoying, honestly, to like see a lot of clickbait, but it works to like attract that audience that needs right. it, you know? So right. trying to find a balance between what's true to you, but also what your audience wants to see is really important. How do people know how to make like a title that's 
clickbaity, mm. but then still maybe authentic to them? Like, how did you kind of, like, figure that out? Dude, I'm still trying to learn that. I mean, yeah. I'm learning as I go. And I would say just, again, looking at, like, what fellow content creators are doing and seeing how, like, trends ebb and flow is important. Like, the that girl thing. You can use the that girl title, but obviously put your own more like sustainable spin on it like Mm -hmm. that's a way to do it you know I mean honestly just like play around like what I wear to school in a week pretending I live in Europe but it's also playing off that whole trend of like what I wear in a week you know like seven days of outfits but 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 for a tourist like there's this girl I think her name's like Katie something Katie you and she on YouTube she's like this is what I would wear as a STEM major if I had a social life. Or she yeah. does, like, what Pisces should wear in the spring season. Like, that's yeah. so specific, and her videos do so well. You are about to graduate college. Yes. What are your post-graduation plans? So, I think I'm just going to continue with social media. Like I said, I'll keep doing this until I find that my life isn't in a space where I want to continue sharing, like, I'm grateful that I got to like start my social media I was as I was a student so it was always like a side hustle and now I'm at a point where it's like my full-time job already I would consider it social media to have been my full-time job for like the past year or so yeah I was making up like I could pay rent you know and mm-hmm. travel groceries whatever and I think what I'm gonna just gonna do is go to Europe this summer see what I want to do I study political science but I'm not going to be a lawyer or a politician or anything like food is my passion I already know that so I'm probably going to do like a fun couple weeks in Europe this summer spend some time with my family in Cabo and then like fully move there in the fall like we'll see where I end up Spain Italy France it'll probably be one of those three I'm currently developing a granola business like I'm I've talked a, I think I said it like on TikTok live once so, like if people are watching like they would know like just like from that's that so random exciting. TikTok. so that's exciting I've, I've always wanted to get into the food space like the food industry yeah and I think that's it's just an, a natural progression because I love food and but I've been keeping it hush hush because like I'm developing it but like there's that whole thing about like how much do you share about like the process I'll probably start sharing more as it gets more serious but yeah and then maybe I'll start a restaurant a nice holistic retreat in five years or two yeah. or three years if you're an investor hit me up I, I'm <laughs> down to start it now but yeah that's the plan like we'll see what happens I feel like everyone gets like that stressful mentality when it comes to graduation because you're just being thrust into the real world like you gotta yeah. find a job you gotta find what to do for the rest of your freaking life it's okay to like have like a bunch of ideas and not really know which one you're gonna yeah. do yeah honestly I'm prepared for failure I'm prepared to fail multiple times in my life and that's just a natural progression like it's part of failure it's yeah part of the process exactly so like if my granola thing fails like okay on to the next thing you know like it's i'm i'm prepared to fail and i'm like i'm seeking it with open arms do you have, do you have a <laughs> we'll name see. it's gonna be called jazzed up so yeah, one's yeah. gonna be brownie granola another one's gonna be a secret we shall see if you guys are gonna graduate or if you're going into college or high school or like a new part of your life it's exciting it's nerve-wracking but it's normal you know it's okay to not know what you want to do the process of something is more important than the product always creating the process of being the process of even just this podcast episode every time I sit down and record a podcast I have a general outline of what we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. I genuinely have no idea what's going to happen when we sit down in front of the mic because Mm -hmm. we're just speaking to each other like you never know and For me, that's why I love podcasting so much is because I'm so present right now. Whatever path you choose to go down with, with creation, be present. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about the end product. Enjoy creating it. Enjoy maybe finding out that you were meant to do something else. Not to get like too wooey, but like something I always struggle with. Oh, we're (laughs) woo-woo. Okay. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) This is probably the most business episode I've ever done. People are like, Sion, really? Like, 
you've thought about like finances before i kind of am like that a little yeah. bit where i'm like very woo-woo but <laughs> i think it's okay to like be woo-woo but also yeah. think about business duality that's what i'm all about duality. so my woo-woo right now is how i always struggle with always always searching for the next thing like i'm never happy when i was in hawaii guys it was my dream to move to a freaking paradise island and when i was there all i was thinking about was when i would go back to berkeley and now that i'm in berkeley all i'm thinking about is europe and when i'm in europe i'm probably just going to be thinking about when i'm going to start my big business i'm always thinking in the future and that's just again that's who i am so that's why like focusing on the present and enjoying all those peaceful tiny moments is really important however if I'm always thinking about the future, when am I going to be satisfied? Is it going to be like when I reach death? No. Like what's the end result? I think we're always chasing happiness mm -hmm. and peace is more important than happiness. Yeah. And so like you can be experiencing discomfort and still be at peace because you're honoring that and yeah. you're just like sitting in it. When it comes to figuring out what's next, when it comes to starting something new, since a lot of this podcast is about social media and starting something new, just think about what is in front of you right now thank you for coming on oh my god i'm honored this was so fun you're gonna have to so have me back fun. on i'm yeah. like begging you follow jazz on social media at jazz tyler love your friends see on and jazz